0: Some are on vacation, some are going to Florida this week and all that. I'll tell you, I've never lived anywhere where people vacation as much as Louisvillians do. <laughs> it's always out of town. There you go. Do, do you think that that might have been rigged with Jane winning that jar of jelly beans? I'm, I'm not sure. You better pray that you better pray that she gets uh Uh, that that those will last a while because I have a feeling that when she runs out of jelly beans, she may quit coming to church. That's her only reason for coming. Only kidding. It's a great day. What a beautiful crowd today. I I see so many faces. You've come back uh, from wherever it is that you've been, and you're with us today, and we've got some guests with us, and, and we thank you for being here. This is a lovely body of Christ, isn't it? Why don't you just take your hand and just pat your neighbor on the back and say, "I am so proud to be able to attend church with you every week." And we're going we're going to do something just a little little different right now. So if you got everybody should have gotten a pair of these sunglasses. If if you did, I'd like for you to grab those and put those on right now, if you will. We're going to take a group picture. Of all of us, all of our cool selves, and our sunglasses, I'll I'll say a little bit more about them in just a minute. But if if you've got them, can you may not be able to get the whole congregation, but get the biggest a bunch of it as you as you can or or whatever you have to do. On the count of three, we're all going to give Jesus a thumbs up. How's that in our cool sunglasses? Is everybody ready? Got your glasses on? I can't see, so we're going to talk about vision today, but I can't see one of you, so they're too dark. Here we go. Ready? One, Hee-hee! Let's do it one more time. One, two, three. <laughs> Did we get it? Oh, turn around. There you go. <laughs> you ready? One, two, three. All right. (laughs) We just wanted to give these to you. No, listen, they're cheap little sunglasses. We realize that you're probably not going to use them for your mainstays. But what I would like for you to do is to keep these sunglasses handy with you in a place where you might frequently see them. And I want you to be reminded of this day where the pastor told you that the future is so bright. Let me tell you something. If God is on our side, we're winners. doesn't matter what we're facing, what we're going up against. If God be for us, who can be against us? And I pray that this little reminder, you may pitch them in your car or hang them on a string over your rear view mirror. You may put them on your kitchen counter, whatever. When you see these, I want you to remember this day and say, you know, it doesn't look like it to me in my flesh today, but I believe what my pastor said, that the future is bright, that Jesus is on my side, that there's nothing that I can't do because of Him. And I want you to be reminded about the vision that we should have in Christ Jesus. Thank you for being here today. Now next week, uh, we've got some really weird stuff going on next week, and you need to be here Uh, I'm not going to tell you what the free gift next week is, but trust me when I tell you that you're going to want to bite into it. Okay? You're going to want to bite into it. And we have five different speakers who are going to be speaking for five minutes, and I'm not going to tell you what it's about. And so if you want to hear, you need to either join us via live stream, or the better way would be for you to come here Because you're going to want to get this gift. Because you're going to want to bite into it. So next week at 10.30, uh, we will be having that special day. And then the next Sunday, somebody told me that it's Pastor Appreciation Day. I don't know what that's all about. Had some people asking me today what that was going to be like. And I said, I honestly don't know. I've just been told to show up. So I'm going to show up that day. I will bring my fork. Because I'm told there's going to be food after church. Is that right? I mean, we can't hardly do anything in the church of God anyway without putting something in our mouth. So it's going to be good. And I I invite you to come and be a part of it. It's going to be great. Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this idea of vision. Now, I I didn't intend to say anything about it, but most of you know that I'm acting a little different today. Uh, My wife tells me that I am a little bit different Thank you for your prayers this week. I had some oral surgery done and I'm, I, I'm trying to get through the effects of that and, and uh, so I'm trying not to speak with a whole lot of uh, uh, loud tones and that kind of thing. Uh, I really don't want to be one of those Pentecostal preachers today that spits on his congregation. So if you'll just bear with me today, I may have to take a step back occasionally and adjust and readjust and calm down and all that. But if you'll pray for me, uh, if you're praying specifically, I, I have pain on this side. And if you'll pay that, pray that pain away, everything will be great. But I want to talk to you about vision today. You know, we, we don't really talk a lot about personal vision. We talk a lot about church vision. Where's the church going? What are we up to? What do we feel like that God has called us to do and I'm very pleased with the direction of our church and what God is doing in our church. I, I really believe that we, are, that we are planning for and growing into the future that God has for us. I saw all those children up here on the stage today and I thought, man, what, what a great start that we have. That doesn't count the teenagers that are in the room and many of them are working in our children's church today and serving for God. I was kidding with some of them before church. I said... Uh, I haven't seen you using your gifts. And I said, I want you to get started. I asked Grant, I said, when are you going to start playing that box drum? He said, well, I'm still practicing. I said, you're done practicing. It's time for you to start playing. So I, I don't know. He's going to be on stage next week by faith. I believe that. What do you think? Yeah, we're going to, we, our, our future is bright. God has a wonderful future in store for us. Uh, our child care center that we started not quite two years ago consistently runs at capacity now, and we're ministering to families in our community. Uh, We're teaching kids about Jesus Christ. They know when they come into our church building every day that they're going to hear something about Jesus. And so we're, we're, uh, we're, we're busy doing what God has called us to do. We're getting ready to transform this back building so that we can open up Spirit Life Christian Academy next year. And we're going to begin taking in Uh, In January, we're going to start doing tours and inviting people to uh, consider this school. And we're going to teach them as well about the love of Jesus Christ. You say, why are we doing things like that? Because this is where ministry is happening today. I read an article a couple of weeks ago about a school system that started in kindergarten teaching a curriculum about transgenderism and reading books that says, well, I look like a girl, but I'm really a boy. And they shut them down for that, and they went and got another book that says, I, I'm, I'm a red crayon, but really I'm blue. And, and things like that that are creeping into the systems. And the lawyers have told these families that there's really very little that you can do about it other than take your children out of these public school systems and put them in private Christian schools that will teach a curriculum that you, that you want taught. And so we don't want to be the last in line to get ready. God has called us to do it now. And so that as these things begin to happen, we will be ready and we'll be able to take these families and these ministries in. I'm not saying anything about uh, public school systems. We have so many people in our church that work in the school systems. And you, you do such a wonderful job and you have such an influence in, in the communities, in the schools where you are. But we feel like that God has called us to do this. And so we're getting ourselves ready to move forward. So our church is moving forward. It may not feel like it, feel like it sometimes. It may not seem like it sometimes. But then when you really stop to analyze and realize all that God is doing in us and through us, it really is quite amazing. So we have a vision. We're working on the vision. We are fulfilling the vision that God has for our church. But I want to ask you this morning, what is your vision for your life? What are you shooting for? What are you hoping to see happen in your life? We're very familiar with Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18 that says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. I don't know about you today, but I don't want to perish. I don't want to die. I I don't want to give up. I want to have a vision, and I want to understand what God wants for me. So what about this thing of vision? Well, first of all, we need to understand that sight is a function of the eyes, while vision is a function of the heart. Let me say that again. Sight is a function of the eyes, While vision is a function of the heart. So there is a natural thing that is taking place here, and there is a spiritual thing that is taking place. Our eyes function physically, and our spirit functions as well with vision. Vision, number two, is seeing the future before it comes into being. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, it is the evidence of things. Not yet seen. So faith is vision. Faith is one of our spiritual disciplines. It is a tool that we use to see what God is up to. Thirdly, vision is the ability to see farther than your eyes can look. I like that, don't you? Vision is the ability to see farther than your eyes can look. Now, as I get older, my eyes can't see as far as they used to be able to see. But I'm not talking about physical limitations. I'm talking about having a faith that is full of the vision of God and can see beyond what is natural, to see beyond what is visible in this natural realm, and to be able to see in my spirit What God is up to and what He is doing in the future and in me right now. And then fourthly, it is vision that makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. It is vision that makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Don't you hate being around people that they don't think anything good can happen? They, don't, they can't see it past the nose on their face what God might be up to. They say people. They see people and they say, oh, they're never going to make it. They're never going to get saved. They're never going to make it to the end. They're never going to be successful. They're never this and never that. I want to give them a good quick a kick in the seat of the britches, don't you? There should be no place for that kind of talk in the kingdom of God. Faith brings into possibility all things according to God's will in our life. So we can see and have vision, and that vision will bring the unseen visible. Let me tell you, when we started this project seven years ago, of restoration, there were days that I didn't know how in the world it could happen. There were days that I, I just pled with God. God, how are we going to be able to do this? How are we going to be able to function in this environment? I couldn't see with my natural eye what God was trying to show me in my spirit. But when I saw it in my spirit, I began to realize that all things are possible to those who will believe. Amen. And for some of you today, it's just a change in mentality. You need to stop getting up in the morning and saying, I don't know if this is possible or not. I don't know if I can or not. You needed to start saying, the Spirit of the living God lives and dwells within me. All things are possible because I believe that God is able to do it through me. Amen. So you might ask, why do I need vision? That's a good question. All right? If you don't get anything else I say today, try to, try to pay real close attention to this, this point. The reason that you need a vision is because God does not speak to you about where you are right now. He speaks to you about where you are going. Because where you are going is far more important than where you are. Let me say it again. God does not speak to you about where you are. He speaks to you about where you are going. Because where you are going is far more important than where you are. Some of you are so focused on where you are right now that you can't get your eyes focused on where God wants to take you. It's not that God's not concerned about you and your needs. It's not that He's not concerned about your hurt and your frustration. It's just that He doesn't want you to stay in it. He doesn't want you to live in it. He wants to move you along from where you are to where you need to be. And if all you ever do is focus on where you are, God will never be able to get you where He wants you to be. But if you'll have faith in Him and if you will catch His vision instead of your vision, if you will see what He sees instead of what you're looking at, then you will notice a change take place in your life and you will transition from where you are to where He wants you to be. He said to the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 1 and verse 5, He said, I've known you since before you were in your mother's womb. And since before you were in your, prophet, your mother's womb, I have called you, I've created you to be a prophet to the nations. You're not just some ordinary man named Jeremiah. No, before you were even created, before you were even conceived, I knew who you were. I put you together. I used a natural process and brought you into this world. And from day one, I've been grooming you and raising you up to be a spokesman for me. And the words that you're going to speak are going to be like fire. They are going to change the environment that you are in. You're not just Jeremiah, you are my prophet. I have called you by your name. I have made you and created you who you are, and for a reason, and for a purpose. I think about Joseph as a very young man. God gave him a dream. And he began to share his dream. That didn't turn out the way that he hoped it would. Because they came against him. They, they thought he was arrogant and too big for his britches. And so they sold him into slavery. And he spent time in jail and in prison. But God had not forgotten Joseph and where he was. It wasn't that he wasn't concerned about being in the pit. It's just that being in the pit was part of the process and part of the journey that was going to move him from where he was to where he needed to be and to position him and put him into a place where in a moment in time he would be able to make decisions that would affect the entire world that he was living in at that time. Oh, I'm sure there were days when Joseph thought, this is not what I bargained for. This is not what I thought. This is not what I hoped for. It's not that God wasn't concerned about it, but he just kind of cracked his smile at Joseph and thought, don't worry about it because you're not staying here. I'm, I'm not leaving you I've got, I, I, here. I, I've got better places for you. I've got bigger things for you to accomplish. I've got an anointing upon your life and I'm going to get you where you need to be in the time that you need to be there so that you can function effectively in my anointing and do what I have called you to do. Amen. Think about Gideon. He's just an old farm boy. Just an old farm boy and thought that was all that he was ever supposed to do. You didn't hear a lot about Gideon before God called him and you didn't hear a lot about Gideon after God called him. But he called him to lead an army against the enemy of God. He started off with 30,000 men and yet God said, you've got too many. You need to get a few uh, and tell them to go home. They're fearful. They're never going to be able to help you. Man, a church pastor wouldn't like to hear those kinds of words. Because in a day like today, if you've got a church of 30,000 people, man, you're something special. But if you've got a church of 300 people, you're not so hot. Now let me tell you something. If you have 300 people or 30 people are three people, if you are in God's will and His anointing is upon you, then your responsibility is to be faithful to what He has called you to do. And instead of 30,000 men, God gave Him 300 faithful men who stood up at the right time and they overcame the enemy that had risen up against the nation of Israel because Gideon had a call of God upon his life. So why do you need a a vision? Because God does not speak to you about where you are. He speaks to you about where you are going. Because where you are going is far more important than where you are right now. Somebody say amen in the house today. Amen. Number two, your vision should be big. I mean, you don't need one, some little wimpy vision that, that you know you can do. You need a big vision. The Scripture is full of God doing big things. So if we want to be like God, we need to do something big. And when I say big, I'm not talking about numbers necessarily. I'm not talking about numerical ways of tracking our success. I'm talking about being faithful to what God has called you to do. It may mean that All God has called you to do is win your spouse to the Lord. And if that's what He's called you to do, then you should be faithful to that call. He's not going to hold you accountable for anything else except for what He has called you to do. But it will be big in His eyes because if you're doing what God has called you to do, it will be significant in the kingdom of God. Isaiah chapter 1, 6 and verse 1 says, Isaiah, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord, He was high and lifted up, and His train, or His glory, filled the temple. And he began to see in the Spirit all of the angelic beings, the cherubim and the seraphim, as they're flying around. And they're, they're, pra- they're praising the Lord and giving glory to God Almighty. And one of them goes over and picks up the tongues from off, off of the altar, and, and he picks up a coal and flies over and touches it to the lips of Isaiah. And he says, your sins are have been forgiven you. And then just a few minutes later, he hears in his spirit voice the Trinity of God saying, who shall we send? Who will speak for us? And in that moment, Isaiah said, send me, please. I will go. Let me tell you, he wasn't talking about some small little piddly little call. He was talking about the call of God. He was talking about the vision of God that God had placed upon His life. Listen, God wants you to do significant things with your life. He wants you to do big things with your life. He doesn't want you to piddle around all the days of your life and just show up to church every now and then and be a religious person. No, He wants you to be filled with the anointing of the Holy Ghost so that everywhere you go and everywhere you show up, your words will make a difference and your attitude will make a difference and the things that flow out of you... will be able to impact the world around you. God wants to call you and send you into your world to make a difference. Paul told the Ephesians that God was able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that you ask or think according to the power of God that works in us. It doesn't say that it works outside of us. It doesn't say that God's going to do all the work. God's not going to do what He has called you to do. He is not going to do what He has anointed you to do. He's going to anoint you to do what He has called you and anointed you to do. And there will be no lack if you are doing what God has called you to do. Because He is going to resource His plan in your life. It may be that you don't have the resources that you need today because you're not doing what God has called you to do. I dare you today to start doing what God has called you to do and you will see that He is your source, that He is your portion. He is your all in all. He is not only your hope, but He's your healer. He's your deliverer. He's everything that you will need Him to be if you will just hearken to the call of Him him in your life. Your vision should be big. I'm tired of puny visions, aren't you? I don't want to be at a church where I don't have something to do and I I don't have some ministry on my plate where I can impact and reach people. You know what? I've been so excited about launching this new study on Wednesday nights about your gifts. This is not a commercial to get you to come. You ought to come anyway. I shouldn't have to beg you to come to church on Wednesday nights. You should be so excited about God that when church is over on Sunday morning, you get tingles all over your body and say, I can't wait till 7 o'clock on Wednesday night to get back in the presence of God with God's people and hear the Word of the Lord because I know the Word of the Lord is going to change me and lift me up and help me to be stronger as I live my life out in this world. But I've been hearing people say, man, I didn't know I was called to do that. I took that test in the back of the book and I discovered that I have this gift and I have that, that gift. I, I was talking to Greg last night and he was telling me about his dad being in the hospital and he said, you know, he had the surgery and he's doing okay. He said, but they can't get him to be quiet. said, he's witnessing to everybody in the hospital. said, he's witnessing to the nurses and he's worse than witnessing to the doctors and he's witnessing to the people on the bed next to and now I thought if he doesn't quit that, insurance company is going to make him go home a day early. Then I thought, oh man, let it roll maybe. Let let it come out of you. Who knows, the person right next to you may be in desperate need of a moment with God. They may be getting ready to check out of eternity and they need to hear the Word of the Lord spoken to them. And Greg said to me, I always thought that I was a soul winner. I always thought that I had the gift of evangelism. I always kind of thought that. But after I took that test in the book, I know now that God... has." Has called me to evangelism and I thought to myself good go get it boy start testifying start witnessing start using your voice start using your anointing man if I'm not careful I'm gonna start preaching here this morning I don't care about anything else I'm telling you when the body of Christ finds out what they are called and anointed to do and then they rise up and start doing and stop tiddly winking around with God and take it's it serious, this relationship with Him. I'm telling you, God can use you in a magnificent way. Say praise the Lord. Amen. My computer just said that I was typing wrong. I wasn't even typing. I wasn't even touching the thing. Number three, your future exists inside of you. Listen, it's, it's not in front of you If it's always in front of you, you're gonna lose track of it every now and then. But your vision and your future is not in front of you, it's inside you. The decisions that you make today, today's decisions and actions, will determine your destiny. You have to work with the Lord. If you don't just start planting some seed right now, you're never gonna have a harvest if you don't start putting something into God's hands that He can bless, then you're never going to have blessing in your life. But let me tell you, when you start sowing seed and planting seed into God's garden, you can't stop it from coming up. And you can't stop it from producing the effect that God has placed upon it. I don't know about you. I wouldn't even come to church if all I was going to do is have a religious experience. I wouldn't even come to church just to listen to a bunch of people sing if I weren't going to sing and worship the Lord with it and with them. I wouldn't even come listen to some preacher preach if I wasn't going to take what the Word it comes out of his mouth says and plant it in my heart and my spirit and do something about it. I'd got better things than I can do than just come to church for an hour and a half or a couple of hours and and just say hello to a few people and get me a free pair of sunglasses and and a surprise next week that I'm not going to tell you about and a Coca-Cola last week. If, If that's what church is about, I don't want it. But I'll tell you what, church is the place where the body of Christ comes together and we build our faith together and we are anointed by God and we are built up and we are edified and we are encouraged. and when. I walk into this room, somebody's going to be blessed because my future is not somewhere out there. It is in me. And wherever I show up, there is anointing because God is in me. And wherever you show up, God is in you and something good is going to happen. Amen. Give the Lord praise in the house today. We, we just act like God's just some magician. And we can just say all the right words that He'll just make it happen. No, it doesn't work that way. you got to sow some seed. If you don't start sowing some seed, you say, oh, He's getting ready to take an offering. I can tell right now. No, I'm not talking about an offering. But I'll take one if you want me to bad enough. We can use it. But I'm talking about sowing all kinds of seed. I'm talking about sowing seeds of positive communication. I'm talking about sowing seeds of love. I'm, I'm talking about seeds of concern. I'm talking about seeds uh, that will come to fruition in our lives and uh, we will just put them in God's hands. Amen. Isaiah 1:18 and 20 says, "Come now. And let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Listen, some of you have been hearing me preach and talk for seven years and you haven't done one thing that I've asked you to do by the Spirit of the Lord. And you're still in the same place and the same position that you were seven years ago. Oh, you like me okay. Pastor, you're a good pastor. You're pretty good looking. You're tall. I like that. You got a humor, sense of humor. I don't care about any of that. I don't give diddly squat about that. What I want you to do is to do what the Word of God says for you to do because it says if you are willing Willing, you will eat of the good of the land amen and I'm telling you if you get hungry enough in your spirit you will start eating of the good of the land if you are obedient and if you are willing and if you're not I'm sorry I can't do a thing for you but I urge you I beg you I plead with you get yourself right with God begin to do the things that God wants you to do plant the seed that It needs to be sown so that God can bless every area of your life. Amen. So I know he couldn't preach one time without being mean. I knew it. Listen, if you could see it in the spirit realm, you wouldn't see meanness. You'd see goodness. You'd see somebody that's bold enough and brave enough to tell you that you can't live any old way that you want to and expect God to bless you. You have to live according to the principles of the Word of God. But when you start doing that, your life will be drastically changed forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number four. You are perfect for your assignment. You are perfect for your assignment. Stop wishing that you were someone else. Because Psalm 139 and verse 14 says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. If you have to be somebody else, then who's going to be you? If you want to be somebody else, What's God going to do? Because He made you so that you could be useful in the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. I know all about this running from God stuff. I did plenty of it. Every now and then, I still have a question and answer with Him every, every now and then. But listen, I have learned that if I will submit myself to Him and do what He has asked me to do and called me to do, that I will have success. But if I try to be someone else, I will fail every time. Because God has not called me to be somebody else. God has not called me to be T.D. Jakes. He hasn't called me to be Marilyn Hickey. I look a little funny in the dresses that she wear. God hasn't called me to be any of the other big names. God has just simply called me to be the old Southern Illinois redneck that the one lady declared over me and prophesied over me many years ago. That's all I want to be. That's all I need to be because that's what God has called me to do. I can do some things that others cannot do. I am called to do some things that not even T.D. Jakes himself can do because God has anointed me to do it. So I've got to stop thinking uh, that I need to be somebody else or be like somebody else or to do like somebody else. I've got to simply find out who I am in Christ and then realize that as I live and move and have my being in Him, uh, that I will find success in everything that my hand uh, touches. Amen? I am perfect for my assignment. Look to your neighbor and say, you are perfect. You might have one or two screws loose. But let me tell you that God has a big old wrench and screwdriver. And He can tighten you up anytime He needs to. If you're willing to let Him get a grip on you, He can fine-tune you so that there's no squeaks and there's no wobbles and there's no falling to the side and hardly making. No, when you get into the anointing of God and activate the gift that is in you and do what God has called you to do, you are perfect for your assignment. Amen? Listen, this is not the season to doubt or hate yourself. It is the season to discover untapped potential and hidden capacity let me say it again this is not the season to doubt or hate yourself it is the season to discover untapped potential and hidden capacity God has in you abilities that you don't even know exist yet because you have not pursued those things but let me tell you when you come to God every day of your life and you say Lord you make me into the person that you want me to be and that you've called me to be he will put ideas in your mind and creativity in your mind. And He will cause your hands to be able to do things that you didn't even know were possible. He will cause your mouth to speak words that you didn't even know were there. Because God is not against you. He is for you. Amen. He wants to bless you and use you for the kingdom of God. You say, well, I've never been anything but a failure. I've never done anything that matters at all. See, that's just the devil lying to you and trying to get you to believe his lies and pull you down and pull you back. Let me tell you, if you will allow it to happen in your life, God is about to open a door and a new season for you that's going to cause you to do things you've never done before and say things you've never said before and minister to people that you didn't even know existed because God wants to use you. Stop doubting yourself. Stop putting yourself down. But look in that mirror and say greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. I am able to do everything that God has called me to do. There's nothing too difficult for God. And therefore, since He lives and resides within me by His Spirit, there is nothing too difficult for me. This is the season of increase because we're seeing the vision of God. And finally, finally, vision can only be realized by action. I've already said it, but let me say it again. I don't care how many chill bumps that you feel today. And and I don't care how much you feel like you want to shout and clap your hands and raise them up, run the aisles or any of that. I don't care about any of that. Because if you don't take it beyond an emotional feeling and start planting the seed and doing what God has called you to do, you'll never accomplish a thing that He has given you the ability to accomplish. So as they're coming to the music to help me quit, there are three questions that we need to answer. And the first is this idea of vision. Vision is this. What do you see? What do you see? If you don't see something in the Spirit, then you don't have vision. But if you want vision, and you'll seek God, and say, show me Lord, He will show you what you need to see. And you'll be able to say, My vision is this. It may not be Pastor's vision. It may not be my husband or wife's vision, but God has placed this vision in my spirit. And I cannot barter with God over it. And I can't change it. I have to accept it and receive it. But here's the good news. Anytime that we cooperate with God, we're guaranteed success. It may not look like it in the right here and now, but if we cooperate with God at some point in our lives, it's going to bud forth. And it's going to burst forth. And it's going to come to fruition in our lives. It will happen. Then, we have to ask ourselves about purpose and the question that goes with purpose is this why do I see it vision is what do I see purpose is why do I see it see if you don't understand why you see what God is showing you then how are you going to perform the task That is associated with that vision. When I started off in ministry, I put all my plans together how I was going to do it, how I could see it. But I wasn't seeing what God was seeing. When I first went to that little church in Galesburg, Illinois, so many years ago, I knew God was calling me, but I didn't see any way it could happen. So I started putting my plan together. Take my young family up there. They'd provide me a house to live in, a parsonage there. I could somehow make it. I could get a job. I could work at Walmart if I had to. I tried to find a job, and I couldn't find a job. I tried to work at Walmart, and couldn't work at Walmart. I couldn't find a job anywhere. And I finally started questioning God, God, why can't I find a job? He said, I didn't call you to work a secular job. I called you to shepherd my people. And if you'll shepherd my people, I'll make sure that you eat. And I'll make sure that you have clothes on your back. And I'll make sure that you have a roof over your head. But son, we might as well start this thing off right. You have to trust me. From that day to this, I have trusted God for every need that I've ever had. Whether it's physical, emotional, financial, or spiritual. And I'm proud to stand before you today and say that when my vision matches his vision. Provision is always available for those who will trust him. Vision. What do I see? Purpose. Why do I see it? And goals. How will I get there? Listen. Everything you need to know about getting blessing in your life is spelled out in this book right here. If you need to be saved, if you've never come to Jesus Christ, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Check me out on that. It's John 3:16 and 17. He loves you. If you've never given your life over to Him, I encourage you to do it today. You said, "Do you have to have an altar call?" No. Right where you sit. Right this very moment, all you have to do is decide that I believe that Jesus Christ is who He says He is, that He did what He said He did at Calvary, that He died, He was put in a tomb, but He rose again, and He is seated at the right hand of the Father where He ever lives to make intercession for the saints of God. All you need to do right now, right where you are, is cry out to Him and say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart and make me clean and he will do it because if he doesn't do it then he's a liar and you can't depend on him for anything else but let me tell you the savior that I serve is not a liar he is the way he is the truth and he is the life and he said the truth will set you free well I'm saved but I'm discouraged I'm depressed I'm frustrated well I've got good news for you He is the joy of your life He is your strong tower that you can run into he will give you the peace of God that passes all understanding in a time when it seems like that nothing is coming together. Let me tell you, he is your joy. He said, Well, I haven't felt it in a long time. That's okay. The psalmist David said in Psalm 51 restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Touch you. I need healing in my body Tell you he took stripes upon his back so that you could walk in health. You say, I don't understand the healing thing because I've seen so many people get healed, and some didn't get healed, and I don't know how to believe it. Let me tell you, here's how I believe it. I stand here healed of every disease and sickness that has ever tried to afflict my body. I believe it, I declare it, I know it is so. You say, All right, how come you're ugly? That's a disease. how can that happen and stay with you? Let me tell you, God can either heal my body supernaturally or He can heal my body through a physician who is, has understanding and knowledge of, of how to do a surgery that He would have never known how to do if it had not been for the wisdom of God placed upon Him and in Him. And if He doesn't do that, then He'll heal me by way of the grave. But you can't keep me in that grave. The only Old timers used to sing, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Amen. Ain't no grave gonna hold this body down because when the Lord Jesus raises me up, you won't be able to keep me down. And when I move into eternity, I'm gonna be healed from the top of the, my head to the soles of my feet. There'll be no sickness. Uh, There'll be no disease. Uh, There'll be no pain. I've got it on my right side today, but in the name of Jesus uh, it's going to come under control uh, because by his stripes I am healed I said well pastor I can't hardly make it financially I can't hardly pay my bills I can't hardly pay I gotta live from paycheck to paycheck well let me tell you something Malachi chapter 3 tells us that if we'll bring all the tithe, not a tip, well God, that's not really my tithe. I'm just going to give you five bucks and call it tithe. No, I'm going to bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And I'm going to trust you and try you and see if you will not pour out blessings upon me that I will not be able to contain. I'm going to give and it shall be given unto me. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. She didn't finish for me today. Men are going to give into your bosom. You say, I don't know, Pastor. It's a matter of trust. It's a matter of faith. And if I know that I have a promise from God, I'm going to sow whatever seed that I need to sow in order to get God's blessings active in my life. I realize that some of you are going to be stubborn and not do any of that. Let me remind you of Michael English's new song. There's a whole lot of stubborn in this room and there ain't nobody here but me. That's your theme song. And that's okay. If you want to sing it, I'm not going to fall out with you. But I'm just going to tell you that if you want to activate the blessings of God in your life, you've got to start seeing how you're going to accomplish it through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You stand with me this morning. Us to worship for